0: I was just talking about how how human we are, right? Even yeah. the, I I I think I would sent you a Zoom link, which I usually do. But then when I hop on live for the lives, I just have folks join on. But it's so okay. good to have you. It's so good. Yes, to thank you, you for having you. me. I'm very I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah, listen, no pressure. I already knew your trumpet plenty because I was kind of <laughs> keeping my keeping our friends engaged. I was talking about how you walk on water. How how? This- Oh, yeah. Feeling <laughs> mutual, feeling spiritual. Uh, you're helping so many kids with a lot of, with obesity issues and endocrine problems, but I know I didn't do it justice. So I would love it if you introduced yourself. And as a reminder, hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Punke Apoladi Brown. I'm the founder of Restful Sleep MD, where I am so passionate about helping moms and children achieve good sleep. I change their relationship with sleep so that they can live better. And maybe you could introduce yourself, Dr. Mera.
1: Yeah. Thank you for, for that. I'm Dr. Mera. I am a pediatric endocrinologist and I'm a fortunate obesity medicine specialist. I practice in Virginia, but I do telemedicine also in four states. So I do telemedicine in Virginia, Maryland, Iowa, and Florida. And my focus has been on diabetes prevention and treatment of overweight in children. And there are very limited pediatric physicians who are treating pediatric obesity and weight management. And there are just so many resources or, or there, there's so much information on the internet and available everywhere. And I think a lot of people just have information overload, which is one of my patients said to me this week that I have information overload. I don't know what to do. I don't know yeah. what to feed my kids. I don't even know what to do anymore. And that's really what I want to do is to really ha- try to help those parents and those kids who have issues with regards to their weight and really understand food. And I think this topic that we're talking about today is really dear to my heart because it's so important. I talk to my own kids about it all the time. And and so I'd be happy to you know share all this information with your audience as well.
0: I know. Thank you so, so much. Can you just tell some of our guests? Because I do have, you know, I I, I have a lot of moms here, not many of them. Some of them are not in the medical field, but really what does a pediatric endocrinologist do?
1: Yeah. So a pediatric endocrinologist, so I'm a pediatrician, so doctor for kids, and I subspecialize in endocrinology. So endocrinology is all hormone condition in kids. So We look at growth, we look at diabetes, we look at thyroid, we evaluate kids for early puberty, late puberty. We look at girls who have menstrual problems and, you know, if it's, you know, if it's their hormones or if it's not their hormones. And so really that is the gist of what a pediatric endocrinologist does. And then a lot of our practice is also focused on diabetes. And so I treat a lot of children with type 1 diabetes, type 2 diabetes. And then my goal really over the last probably, I would say, five years has been, what can we do to prevent some of these chronic illnesses like mm-hmm. diabetes? Because there's just sometimes devastating for children yeah. and their families. And so I really have been focused on education and empowering patients to learn about everything they can about their disease process and their hormones. And I, you know, my, my goal is to treat them like my own family, That I would treat, you know, how I treat my own family and just really make sure they understand from the really basic level and meet them where they are.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that is, that is so powerful. And really, I think that really makes a nice segue to what we're talking about, right? Like you talked about diabetes. And one thing I'm noticing now is a lot of children are developing adult type conditions or what we thought were, right? Because like, you know, hypertension, diabetes, mm-hmm. and- and one of the things, one of the connecting links to that is, is obesity, mm-hmm. right? With all the complications of obesity, we're getting all of this. So can you tell us what is driving this now such, almost like an obesity crisis, mm-hmm. right? Even in in the adult population, as well as pediatric population, what's going on with that? I know um, there have been some people that have talked about the fact that during COVID, there was a lot of people that were not really moving around much. Kids were mm-hmm. not as active. Maybe proposed. that was driving it. Uh, but what, what are some of your thoughts around that? Yeah. So really
1: the incidence of obesity in the adult population has been increasing yeah. Yeah. astronomically. So really since the 1980s, we've seen like a, you know, significant increase in obesity in the adult population. And, and recently we've seen that expand to children as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, obesity really is, we, well, we talk about obesity. We talk about obesity as similar to a chronic illness or chronic yeah. disease. But there's a complex interplay. So there's genetics that are involved. There's environmental factors involved. And then there is, you know, just things that we don't know about that really are contributing to obesity. I think at the most basic level, and what we've always been taught as pediatricians to say is, it's really focused on food consumption, so increased caloric intake, and then You know, we we talk to our patients about eating less and moving more, so more exercise and more energy expenditure. I think, you know, it's a bit of combination of things. So it's been due to, you know, us really migrating as a population to eating more food that is fast and processed and less energy dense, so less focused on nutrients. And then, you know, fast food outlets, aggressive marketing of unhealthy food to children and families. And honestly, if you go to any grocery store, there is no shortage of food that you can buy. Yeah. And it's really overwhelming and their food tastes good and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's quick. And so I think, you know, kids like that. Yeah. The other piece of that is that we have introduced technology, like, you know, Mm -hmm. rapidly, you know, the iPhone introduction. And then, you know, it just, you know, really taken off from there. And so kids are exposed to technology. And whereas before they used to be playing outside and running around. They are really not exposed to that anymore. So there's not, you know, a lot of time for play and exercise. And then, you know, the environment that we live in. So when I first started in my residency, I lived in Chicago and I was involved Mm. in obesity projects for for children or weight management projects for children there. And when I went to the inner city, I was in inner city Chicago and I went to the grocery stores and the donut at the time was 99 cents, you know, for You know, I mean, I I don't want to say how old I am, but you know, (laughs) you know, a six pack of donuts was, you know, was really, really cheap. And the fruit was double or triple the price. Right. And so for a family who's trying to feed their kids or have them have a healthy breakfast, when you're trying to weigh the cost of food and then you're looking at, you know, how it's going to fill your child up, I, I think. You know, you pick the donut. And so I think there's policy interventions also that need to, you know, go into play. So I think it's multifactorial. Mm -hmm. There's genetics involved, too. There's certain genetic conditions that make it harder to lose weight. So I think there's a a lot of factors. I will say that the COVID pandemic did exacerbate it by Mm -hmm. much, you know, higher because we were just all sitting at home and eating and not exercising. Mm -hmm. And
0: so we have seen a much higher
1: incidence of diabetes in children since COVID.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. You say that another thing I've seen since COVID has been a higher rate of obstructive sleep apnea. Mm -hmm. And that's also driven by some by the fact that a lot more children have gained so much weight, which is a risk factor for developing conditions like that. So it's, it's almost like a trickle ripple effect, right? It's one thing that then leads to all these other consequences, which is, which is why it's important that we have this conversation. And, and what you said and what you highlighted is so important. The fact that it's so multifactorial, there's so many things that are at play, right? There's the cost factor, which is a huge deal for families, right? Mm-hmm. You go out there and you get a, a band full of groceries, predominantly, you know, fruits and vegetables and things and healthy food. And and then you have another bag full of like the same amount, with sort of more fat right. foods, it's Your money almost seems like it's going a long way when you buy fast food or processed food. But like uh, right. Are you okay? Yeah. Like you said, it's it's definitely not doing doing us good. And so now I think we're gonna move on to talk about food as medicine. Like what does to me, when I thought about that, what I felt was that we're eating anyway. We we eat I love to eat, right? Most people I know Hence love to eat. So how do we take advantage of that? Like there's food in front of you, you're going to eat anyway. How do you make sure that that food is serving you well and that is nutritious, is tasty, but more importantly, it's healthy. So what are your thoughts around using food as medicine?
1: Yeah. So I, I think that's a great approach, to be honest, is to really focus on the nutrient content of food hmm. rather than focusing on calories. So especially for kids, you know, it's really hard for kids to focus on calorie counting and really hard for us as parents to say, we need to count calories for kids. Mm-hmm. And we just can't do it. And it's not even the right thing to do. Yeah. So really focusing on food as medicine and say, okay, let's focus on these types of foods that are really good for your body. Mm-hmm. They help you grow. They help your hair grow. They help your nails grow. They help you rest and sleep better. They help you have more energy. And so those foods are, you know, whole grains, Mm. foods and vegetables, lean protein, and healthy fats. And those are, you know, the the types of foods that we should be incorporating into our diet every day and at every meal. And so if we incorporate, you know, and I will say, you know, dairy as well, but, Mm. you know, if you incorporate, you know, whole grains, lean proteins, fruits, veggies, dairy, and healthy fats in every meal, That is your medicine and that's Mm -hmm. what's going to help you grow. That's what's going to help you develop. That's going to help you prevent chronic illness and diabetes. I mean, not 100%, but I think you're taking all the steps to, to use that food that you're eating as, as medicine. And, -hmm. and I think though, you know, eating in that way also does help prevent excess weight gain and helps to combat
0: diabetes Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is, that is so, so, so important. So can you give us just some examples when it comes to whole grain, right? If you go to this grocery store, you are seeing aisles and aisles and aisles of bread and rice, and you know, and things like that and all types of grain. So what are some examples just for folks, anybody that's going to be running to the grocery store to eat? Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. So
0: I would say things that are white yeah.
1: are, you know, going to be processed. Yeah. So a lot of those foods, for example, white bread. Mm -hmm. Is more processed because you've taken out the the grains out of that Mm -hmm. and made it look that way. So I would pick, you know, something like a brown or whole wheat bread over the white bread. I would pick, you know, like sugar for example, super white, very processed, Mm -hmm. right? And so Mm -hmm. I would avoid some of those things, white pasta. And so my kids used to hate hate me for this (laughs) because I, you know, I never buy like the regular pasta in the store. You know, just as in, you know, enriched or, you know, the white pasta that you just boil and mm. it's super cheap, right? But, yeah. but it really is not adding a lot to your nutrition, your nutrition. And so picking something, even if you picked a whole wheat pasta, mm. that would be better. Mm-hmm. My personal favorite is some of the chickpea pastas or anamami pastas or lentil mm-hmm. pastas. Those are more expensive. And so, yeah. you know, I will say that this is, you know, why I say this is so multifactorial because mm-hmm. if you buy, you know, the, the regular box of pasta, it's like, yeah. cents or, wh- a whole, you know, white, white bread. It's cheaper than if you yeah. buy the whole wheat bread. And so that's why I think this is really, we really need to change our policies to say, yeah. you know, why are some of these unhealthy foods cheaper so cheap. than, yeah. than, you know, the whole grain? But those are just some simple examples. And, and, and honestly, if you're looking at food in the grocery store, I always tell my patients that we want to do when we go to the grocery store, is shop around the grocery store, not in the aisle, okay? Mm. So if you you look at almost every grocery store is designed that you go in and you have fruits and veggies on the outside Mm. perimeter, Mm. and you have your dairy and your, you know, eggs and, you know, milk, and then when you, and your meats, right, your lean meats, everything. And then if you go into the aisles, that's where you're going to find chips, your cookies, Mm. your crackers, your, you know, like all of those things. So I'd say first focus on going around the grocery store Mm -hmm. and filling your cart with those types of foods and then go into the aisles if you need certain things, Mm -hmm. but really try to pick and look at the labels and say, if you can't pronounce the food, you know, if you can't pronounce the ingredients, it's probably not like the best thing. (laughs) That's that's a good way to look at it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, that's, Usually, been my approach is just to try to avoid the aisles mm-hmm. if I can. You know, I'll pick up my my teas and copies from yeah. there. But but some of the other things, I I think you know, like oatmeal, for example, if you're going to pick oatmeal, I think that's a good choice yeah. over some of the other you know more processed cereals to have mm-hmm. because it does keep you fuller longer. It maintains blood sugars. But I will tell you, it's very hard. Even as a parent, it's very hard to pick what you should feed your children and yourselves and even my husband the other day said i don't know pick, pick some snacks for these kids because i don't know what to feed them and so i think it's difficult
0: right it's mm-hmm. challenging for mm-hmm. all of us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and and, I, and and it doesn't help that there's just so many choices yes at, in the grocery store right. right it doesn't help that there's so many types of even whole grain pasta or you know right. what I mean but I think this is a good place to start so from what I am hearing especially when it comes to you know the carbs and and, and things like that that you're looking for you're avoiding things that are white <laughs> yes so that's yes. A good so maybe maybe start off by eliminating by color right yeah uh, right you know it's not to
1: say you know everything yeah. But I would say that would yeah. be a
0: good starting place especially when you're yeah. looking at you know
1: even things like rice yeah. so I would pick brown rice mm-hmm. or wild rice, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to actually not spike your blood sugars up mm-hmm. super high. And the interesting piece about part about that from a you know medical perspective is when you eat the white rice, white bread, white pasta, you're going to get a jump in your blood sugar super mm-hmm. high. And then mm-hmm. an hour later, you're going to have a big drop in your blood sugar and you're going to be hungry again. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. and then you're going to, you know, you want to eat more of it or eat something else. And yeah. so that's why I always say try to pick like the, whole grains or brown rice brown pasta because it really doesn't spike your blood sugar as high it really makes it more sustained mm-hmm. and so you're not going to be hungry in an hour
0: yeah yeah that is that is so so valid any now when it comes to i mean of course the fruits and the vegetables you know i think that's that's a given and usually do you just try to encourage people to try variety or get to a certain type yeah of vegetables, yeah and i do
1: mm-hmm. i do i mean there are certain fruits and you know that have a you know high spike your blood sugar higher but mm-hmm. I really try to have to focus on that because yeah I would rather have kids especially eat any fruit or veggie over like chips yeah. or cookies right mm-hmm. because it just has the fiber that they yeah. need and it has the vitamins that they need so mm-hmm. I would say I would you know pick those you know apples berries I mean those things you know I think are, are great but anything that they can really that they they enjoy and i would mm. encourage them to try new fruits and new veggies mm. um, you know at a later point you know if we really talk about oh they're eating too much for then we sort of honed in on, on maybe cutting out or changing some of those things but i would say mm. you know for the most part fruits and veggies really i have no issue with that
0: at mm. all mm-hmm. that's perfect how about the healthy fats what are some when it comes to that what should folks look up i talking about that mom that's currently th- making her a grocery list as we're speaking so
1: yeah <laughs> it, it's so it's, healthy it, fats you know olive oil nuts so nuts and seeds you know all of those mm. things are really good mm. and avocados are you know yeah. good source of, of healthy mm-hmm. and so i would say yeah, that would be beautiful let just say you know if you're looking at the oil that you're cooking with i would focus on you know using olive oil mm-hmm. and just avocado or two but that's a little bit more but the, and then you know, any nuts or seeds that you want to add to your meal, you could add some this I mean some of those things have have protein and they have a little bit of extra fat um mm-hmm. in them, but I think that's also important for kids to grow and develop as well yeah,
0: yeah, no, absolutely. This has been so helpful, and again, these are just pointers, granted that it is we're looking at this as not just the food to enjoy but something that's actually going to serve us well and so it is it might feel like an investment but then we're getting the benefits that will you know hopefully curb you know decrease the risk of obesity and all the other consequences down the line so I think it's really really helpful now let's tie this to sleep because one way or the other everyone I have (laughs) and somehow I somehow bring you back to sleep right Right. so you know I had mentioned the fact that one of the things I see a lot is with teenagers who are, maybe they're not sleeping, you know, they're sleeping later, right? Because their their body clock is shifted and so they're snacking a lot because they're awake in the evening and everybody else has gone to sleep. They're grabbing the chips from the, you know, from the pantry because they've been busy all day. They've been doing their sports. They've been, you know, doing homework. Right. And they've not necessarily had a chance. So now they're really, really hungry. And so that's something that's one one thing I see that a lot of teenagers are doing, and you know sometimes some even younger kids too. And then the other piece is around a lot of children, even after they've had dinner, it's time for bed. It becomes this stalling of, I'm hungry, I'm hungry again. Can I have a cookie? Can I? And and so that those are two two things where you know bedtime snack, and I always encourage them like have a bedtime snack. But we have to figure out a way to balance it where it's not like this whole large meal or it's not a, 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 a snack that's laden with sugar and things like that. So right. what are some of your thoughts around approaching that and, and making sure that we're striking a balance? Yeah. So, you know, like I mentioned to you, I
1: treated a lot of kids with diabetes, mm-hmm. type 1 diabetes, especially. And so we always think, you know, we had always talked about our, to our kids with type 1 diabetes to have snacks and mm-hmm. sometimes have snacks at bedtime. So, you know, I'm sort of used to that. And and I think what I always say is if we're going to do a snack, let's try to make sure that we have a protein with it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then we can have a carb. So even something as simple as yeah, a whole grain paste of bread mm-hmm. with like deli meat, I'm okay with mm-hmm. that. Put some veggies in there and you can have half a sandwich and that's like back mm-hmm. snack, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, that works, especially for the teens and it gives them protein and gives them their... They're, you know, slow-acting carbs. Sort of the stains up through the night. They really right. provide slow blood sugar. Mm-hmm. So, sorry. <laughs> sorry. So, the other piece of that is that, you know, a yogurt, like a Greek yogurt, also is mm-hmm. a good choice with berries. So, I think that's a good choice as well. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, hummus and carrots. So, really anything that you have that has protein and then some carbs mm-hmm. in it. you you mm-hmm. hard more eggs. I mean, you can do oatmeal and, you know, sometimes for the teenagers, I have them add some protein powder to that. You can protein shake. Mm -hmm. And that's okay to sort of sustain you in a banana. And so so I think there are good choices that you can pick. You know, for the parents, making sure that you have those available at home and having, you know, apple and peanut butter, you know, for example. Like having that on the counter so that you are having your teen see that. It's visible. You don't have to go into the pantry and actually, you know, my own pantry now has like very limited things that my kids can, can eat. And so they go into the kitchen and they're like, we just have fruit, mom. like, yeah, that's what we have. Right. Yeah. And so I think yes. just having that be available, you know, be available. And then as a parent, being a role model for them so that you're not mm-hmm. a in a pantry and snacking on some of those. Goods. Mm-hmm. And, and having chips and cookies and all those things for, you know, for sleep purposes. All it's going to do, when I've seen it in my diabetics, is really raise their blood sugars. Yeah. And then go low, you know, they'll end up going low when they're up again at night, yeah. eating, wanting to eat. So, so we think it's important. So, protein and carb is really my, my
0: go to. That's, that's excellent. And there's so many choices here that you just excellent. told us, which, we can learn some because, yeah, the kids get hungry. The teen who's maybe they, you know, they had dinner earlier and now they're they're starving. Or like you said, you have patients who have diabetes. We don't want them to go and have their blood sugar dropping. And one of the reasons why even women and kids, one of the most, one of the, the common sleep, what I call sleep disruptors that can actually wake you up in the middle of the night is low blood sugar. So, It's not about not eating, it's about making the right choice. So you don't wanna have like a whole heavy meal, like heavy steak and all sorts of things right before bed, but having a snack that will help sustain that blood sugar. And I love the examples you've given, whole grain and protein. So think whole grain and protein, right? and you can incorporate it. And the key is making it easily accessible, especially in the evening, because when we're tired, when we're exhausted at the end of a long day, the ability to make the right decisions is kind of lower. It's a little bit lower. lower. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Make those choices easy, then, you know, it just makes things go smoother.
1: Yeah. And the other piece of that I'll say is, you know, it, it's actually a little, it takes a little bit more work for mm-hmm. your team to go cut an apple and, mm-hmm. you know, get like the peanut butter or get the yogurt out of the fridge versus going and getting some chips, right? Mm-hmm. That's it, just it's the packaging, right? So, yeah. You know, maybe having something's cut up for your teen and having it available so that they can have access to it and eat it. You know, relatively quickly.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I, I, and, and and keep the chips and the cookies in the back of the pantry, <laughs> right? So again, right. you make it, it's it's about behavior. It's about re- reinforcing right, good right. behavior. So make the good habits easily accessible, and the less optimal, you know, less accessible. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So one more question and then would love to hear about how to work with you. Good. Now, then this myth of the, you know, the sort of this, another thing that I, I see a lot is with a sugar rush, right? Like kids drinking juice in the evening or eating something really, really sugary. And then now they're really, really hyper. And I've yeah. always um, <coughs> wondered, and I've had quite a few people ask about that. Like, why is it that they suddenly get so hyper? if they have like either a sugary snack and things. And then what is it about sugar? Like is is there any form of are there any good calories in sugar at all? What what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, so I would say, you know, I think that kids do get this what you call sugar rush or, you know, they do have this spike in their blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And it does affect kids differently. It affects all kids differently. It may not cause that behavior change in every kid. Mm-hmm. But I think it is real, even though I don't really have a physiological answer for it um, mm-hmm. other than, you know, the, the the big spike in blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally am really not a fan of juice at all. And I've gotten a lot of people, you know, my patients, especially crying in the office when <laughs> I call them to drink juice. And I get people upset about it because juice has been marketed as being healthy. It has yeah. vitamin. It has a lot of, you know, you know vitamin C and things like that. And while I agree, but, but the reality is that juice that you buy at the grocery store often has a lot of added sugar mm. in it. And that added sugar gets converted in your body and ends up having you have, you know, increased weight over mm. time. Mm. And so, and the, not to mention the portions of the juice that we drink, it yeah. really should no more than four ounces. So four ounces is a really small cup. And, you know, when people are drinking juice, they're really not drinking mm. you four, know, o- four ounces. Wow. They are drinking a lot more than that. And so already if you're drinking eight ounces of juice, that's like double the sugar that you need in a mm. day. Mm. But I'd rather have my patients, or you know, anybody really eat fruit. So have an orange, you have the fiber. It takes longer to eat it. You're not going to eat, you know, five oranges. Whereas if you have that one glass of juice, it actually may be five or six oranges mm. in that yeah. glass. Mm. And so the portions are, are, are really things that are hard to control with juice. Yeah, uh, But kids love it. And so, you know, it causes tooth decay, It causes a lot of other issues. It can lead to poor sleep again. I think for the same reason, because that's yeah. like blood sugar and then that drop in blood sugar and that spike in blood sugar leads them to have, you know, that sugar rush or that increase. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I think there is some truth to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm just going to put a plug in. If you have like a, a, t- a young toddler or an infant, definitely do not put juice in their feeding bottle. Cause I've seen that happen a lot. One, because. You know, Ben, they're taking a lot of it and it can increase their chance, especially if they're going to bed right after. It can increase their chance of of decay. Plus, it's it's just not helpful for their sleep as well. So definitely thank you for bringing that up. Any other final words? We've we've talked about so much. We've talked about how, what the state of obesity right now in the Mm -hmm. US and what is really driving it. We've talked about just the many factors that can contribute. So it's not just one thing, right? (laughs) And then we've also talked about how to use sleep as met, sleep is medicine, Mm -hmm. but how to use food as medicine. Right. 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 Uh, And how to see, look at your food differently. It's not just stuff that's going to just fill your stomach and curb hunger, but it's actually something that's going to help you stay healthy and live longer and help your, I mean, your child as well. So, and then we talked about just, we went through different examples of what options you can look out for when you're going to the grocery store and how to To, to pick those items strategically, knowing that even if they cost a little bit more, there's so many ways around this. There are a lot of, a lot of stores have sales and discounts and membership cards and things that we can take advantage of because this is really important things. And we also went through some really, really cool examples of what you can have as a, as a nighttime snack for your kids and even for you as well. And the importance of being a good role model. As a parent to, in terms of health, healthy eating. Did I miss anything else? Was there anything else? You you know, just about everything. And
1: and I said the only, the only last words I'd want to say, you know, change in diet happens gradually. Mm. So it Mm doesn't happen overnight. And so I think it's important for parents not to beat themselves up over it. And, you know, we're all trying the best that we can, but making, you know, one simple change, I think is a good thing. Like, Now we are not having juice anymore in the house, except, you know, for special occasions. And that's what we try. And, you know, then the next time you try something else or you when you go to the grocery store, you pick up like, you know, one of the whole grain pastas or you pick mm -hmm. up a whole grain bread instead of your regular loaf. It just makes simple, small changes. And I think over time, you start to appreciate that food and learn how your body reacts to some of those new foods. So I think that's Mm -hmm. important to say that
0: it's, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. And that's okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And and that is so true because sometimes we feel maybe a sense of, oh, I'm not doing it right. And then we want to go on overdrive. I think change, making one change at a time. And I say the same thing about sleep, right? You may be sleeping six hours, but don't go to bed now and try to get nine hours in. You'll feel overwhelmed because your body's probably maybe just not used to that. But making those step little stepwise changes will get you to your goal. Yeah. Thanks. This has been awesome. Darren, <laughs> congrats. Great. Yes. And having Sorry, me. Yeah. How do we work with you? Where do we find you? And how do you, where, where can people find you and how can they work with you?
1: Yeah. So I am located, you know, on Instagram at Dr. Armira. So I always try to put some recipes and some healthy food tips mm-hmm. on there and, and uh, you know, information for parents. And then I'm also located physically in Virginia. So if anyone's located in Virginia, they can see me in the office. But I do a lot of telemedicine and just to work with me, they can look at www.themaricclinic.com, which is my clinic and enroll or, you know, call me and see if it's the right, you know, approach for them. But I, you know, this is really, you know, what I'm passionate about is focusing on children with diet, you know, diabetes prevention and pediatric weight management. So I think it's very important, a very important topic that hasn't been really addressed. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. by by an expert like with your experience as well as your background and training and and things like that so this is just so valuable thanks for taking the time to be with me thanks thanks so much for having me all right everyone was good hanging out with you until next time rest well okay bye. bye